0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and the SoundCloud today. Steps, he fires. Second. It is Landon Collins for the fourth straight game.
0: Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the Best Damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hey, what's up, Grump? Hope your bags are packed. We got a big road trip this weekend. Bags are packed. Uh, heading down to the sunny state of Florida, or the hurricane state of Florida, for a delightful rainy day game on Sunday afternoon at 4.05 in Tampa. Really? They're, pr- they're predicting rain Sunday? I haven't even looked. It's Florida. Isn't there rain every day?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Usually from July 1st until October 15th or so, you can count on a thunderstorm every afternoon so um if you remember we we went down there two years ago for the giants buck game and we had some rain during the during the tailgate and it kind of cleared up right as the game started so hopefully that won't be the same thing this weekend
0: right i uh i did check briefly and checking this early is a little bit silly but um i had predicted way back when when we did our um our season preview and predictions that this would be a sloppy messy game and uh, so I decided to check, and this is a 4.05 game. It looks like there's p.m. showers predicted, so.
1: That's, you can say that for every single day down there, so.
0: Right. Well, you know, as yeah. opposed to pregame showers, leaving a messy field, we're at p.m. showers, so it might be actually a little bit better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, anywhere from 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock. It's random each day when they do hit, but it's much more likely it'll rain at, like, 5 o'clock than it would at 1 o'clock down there, so. um this is actually a little bit of a homecoming for me. I lived down there for years. I've actually had great success seeing the Giants play in Tampa. I saw them in 91 when Jeff Hosteller got hurt and they had to bring Phil Simms off the bench. Because if you remember, Hosteller was starting in 91 after the Super Bowl. I saw them at the season opener in 99 just completely embarrassed Trent Dilfer. Uh, this is the third time I'm going to see them in the new sombrero. So it's kind of a personal rivalry for me with a bunch of clowns I know down there. So hopefully we can keep this going so I can save face.
0: We, were you, you weren't there in 09 for regular season game or 07 for the playoff.
1: Uh, yes, I was actually there for 07 as well. Correct. That's another one add to the list. Uh, it was like this January 2nd or 3rd and it was about as perfect weather as you can possibly hope for. I remember it was really crappy up in New York and down there it was like 73 and bright blue sun. It was perfect. Um, the one time I did see the Giants lose down there, unfortunately, was the, uh, the Super Bowl embarrassment to Baltimore, but we don't uh, like to talk about such things on this program. <laughs> we have enough of our own issues in 2017 to worry about.
0: Uh, we were there two years ago also. Um, yes. For a... Late game win Ug- that we thought we were gonna steamroll them and it, it was a little bit closer for comfort than I was happy with.
1: Ugly, you know, it's a good thing that Mike Evans had about thirteen drops in that game where we might have lost.
0: He did, that's right.
1: Um That was that was uh Mike Lennon was their quarterback if I believe. That was one year pre Jameis.
0: Yes, that's correct. Uh is that correct? You sure about that? Was it? Yeah, it must was be because rookie? Mike Evans was the first-round pick. Um, no. It must have been Jameis' rookie year. I think it was Jameis' rookie year, yeah. yeah because be I remember big? discussing down there uh, oh. with some of your Florida buddies how happy they were with an FSU quarterback who is probably the most um, hated FSU player of all time. Oh, he's got to be right
1: up there with Peter Warwick and uh, oh yeah, I would say definitely in the top three of all time for most hated up there, right up there with the coaches they've ever had and everything. Uh, Dion Sanders for sure. But
0: well, I don't think that's really the same. Not yeah, like- well,
1: this guy, this guy is truly a scumbag too, you know, and and an accused rapist. But yeah, you know.
0: short memories. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we're gonna roll into this. Uh, there's a number of injuries on uh, Wednesday's practice report um, for the Giants. Most notably, I, I mean, of course, there's you know there's some holdovers from the last couple weeks. Bobby Hart did not practice Wednesday. Um, B.J. Goodson, had, what is, is starting to practice? He was limited. I'm not sure that he's gonna play. But more concerning is that the second linebacker is added to the. Uh, injury list is Jonathan Casillas did not practice on Wednesday which is a big deal um, especially if Goodson is not good to go Um, and in addition to that there's two running backs on that list now with Orleans Darkwa did not practice due to the back injury sustained um, in the loss to who did we lose to this time who who did we lose to Philly Philly (laughs) Get I out here?
1: your get your red markers out and your edit pens this week, folks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and Shane Vereen also did not practice with a calf injury. Um, you know th- that's starting to where the injuries are starting to pile up isn't as big of a concern until they're starting to pile up all in the same positions. Um, yes. and then of course, very important uh, Olivier Vernon gets a you know a, a purple heart for playing as long as he did against Philly he sustained uh, what looked like a very painful ankle injury and continued to play for most of the game he kept coming
1: out coming back in you're right the guy definitely showed his guts and determination Uh, but you could tell as soon as he was out you know they just went right to his side and everything so it was big trouble yeah
0: he also did not practice on Wednesday so those are all ones to watch Uh, there's a couple others uh, not ones I'm concerned about people like you know uh well, although Beckham is officially off the injury report. That's that's technically news, I guess.
1: That's a good sign. Yeah, sure. You know, you think about for the amount of time this three plus years he's been with the Giants, how he's been on the injury list, how he hasn't practiced at full you know throttle this whole time. So it'd be nice to have one season where he's completely healthy, can you know go through off season and go through you know practice during the week and see what he can actually can do. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. As harrowing as that sounds for us, um, Tampa Bay is in a bit of the same boat, and I would argue a little bit worse. Um, both Levante David, their best linebacker, did not practice due to an ankle injury on Wednesday, and Quan Alexander, probably their second best linebacker, did not practice due to a hamstring injury on Wednesday. Um, TJ Ward, uh, very talented safety, did not practice due to a hip injury, and... The, the star of their defense, Gerald McCoy, McCoy, is limited with an ankle injury. So again, they're back banged up as well. And I'll get into a little bit more detail as to why those injuries are a little bit more harrowing for them than they are for us.
1: And also don't forget that Doug Martin is still suspended, so he's out.
0: That is true. That being said, though, I mean, Jakiz Rogers does not look um, – does not look all that bad. And Doug Martin's been sort of up and down throughout his career anyway. So, you know, even if we were playing, you're not really sure what you're going to get with him, in my he,
1: opinion. Be, if everyone's healthy, Doug Martin's your starter. So sure. I think it's it's definitely – it's a it's a depth issue. And also, you know, if you're saying, well, the backup's playing pretty decently, he's still the backup on this team. So mm-hmm. we're looking for any – when you're an 0 3 team and you're desperate for win, you'll take any silver linings you can possibly find.
0: Tampa Bay has got some injured linebackers. I've watched the last two games. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say I briefly skimmed through them because I did watch the condensed version. I watched like ninety percent of the plays from both. And one of the things I noticed is, well, I noticed two things. Um, one of the things I was afraid of with this team was they really loaded Jameis Winston up with some weapons. You know, they they grabbed Deshaun Jackson in free agency. Uh, they drafted OJ Howard, who you know, any Giant fan would have badly wanted. Uh, You know, they've they've done a pretty good job of assembling him an offensive line over the years. Um, that being said, anytime that you put too much influence in the offense or the defense all at once, it takes time, more the offense I would say than the defense because it's very choreographed and the timing has to be there. And Jameis Winston and Deshaun Jackson do not seem like they're on the right page yet. He's missing him long all the time. Um, you can see when he when the team gets behind, Jameis is sort of panicking, going for the deep ball. When it's not there with Deshaun Jackson, it's getting picked off. Um, in general, this offense looks a little bit out of sync. I do think by the end of the year, this will be a very dangerous offense. But the Giants are catching them at a fairly fortunate time in that, A, they missed game one. So they might have had an extra week of rest, but another week without real live game scenario. Um and you know Doug Martin is out, and they just haven't had time to really get these pieces going. And part of that, of course, is due to you know the CBA restrictions, et cetera. Um, that's definitely one of the things I've noticed. I don't, I, I don't know if you've noticed any of that.
1: Well, I think the knock on Jameis, even back in the Florida State days, was a little questionable accuracy, especially with the deep ball. You know, he was someone who was thought of a little bit of a, of a gunslinger. You know, he's you, no one will dispute he's got a cannon of an arm, and sometimes you know his. He threw a lot of picks in college and he throws a lot of picks now too. And I think sometimes he just tries to rocket it through in these little tiny spaces. So there's a little bit of bread Farb in him. So um the accuracy thing is not the biggest surprise for me and I think it will continue. Um having, you know, huge weapons, you know, is only gonna help him in your right. I think the more, you know, time they work together that will get ironed out as, as the season goes on. So Yeah. The question is, are they gonna be able to exploit how badly Eli Apple's been playing lately?
0: Yeah, that's gonna be a key to the game. Um, it just it, it seemed clear to me that he was most in sync with Mike Evans, which is obviously because they've worked together the longest. I mean, that's really what it is. He seems out of sync with everybody else. Um, and it's definitely something that's gonna play in the Giants' favor where, you know, they can sort of not bank on that, but just they're not they're not catching Tampa Bay in in some sort of stride here. They're not really rolling. Um, in watching the Tampa Bay defense, I've noticed something. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say I don't think Mike Smith is a good coach. Um, I mean, <laughs>
1: nobody does.
0: <laughs> I mean, he was a head coach in Atlanta for far too long. I and, and in all those years being a head coach, they were hardly a contender, despite Matt Ryan. You know, they
1: were an underachiever. They would make yeah, the playoffs and
0: they lose at
1: home in the first
0: round. They, you know, they just they lost to us without scoring a touchdown, without scoring any points offensively. The only points they scored was on a safety on an intentional grounding mm-hmm. for Eli in the end zone. Um, right. And and this is supposedly a defensive minded guy who's now their defensive coordinator. And from what I see, a team that has talent in the secondary. They just play a lot of really soft zone, and it leaves them open to the dink and dunk offense. I mean Mike Glennon, for God's sakes, with nobody for a receiver in the Bears, for all the mistakes that they made and the failure to come away with points, they were driving up and down the field on them. I mean they are really dinking Mm -hmm. and dunking. And as I said before about how this is – that the injuries for Tampa are stacking up in a more harrowing way – you know their linebackers have a lot of trouble covering tight ends and running backs out of the backfield, and now they're missing their best two. Did not practice on Wednesday, so there is an opportunity here for the Giants because you know the deep ball is sort of something that plagued them in a couple of games. Only after it opened up from dinking and dunking, you know the Giants. The only thing they can do right is dink and dunk. If they do anything mm-hmm. right on offense at all, I think that's the only thing you could say they do, um, and. Not for nothing, but the tackling for anybody other than the defensive line for Tampa has been lackluster. Um
1: I think we're seeing that all over the league to be very honest. I mean I think every team, if you listen to any, you know, call in show on any post game or any Monday morning show, the same thing you're gonna hear is like the tackling is just terrible. And it's it's a league wide problem. I think it, it again goes back to the CBA where these guys just can't you know, they just don't get enough time to practice and actually hit anymore and you know the, the the whole month of September is becoming a,
0: a glorified,
1: uh, you know, preseason. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, and I I just I don't know. I see a lot of holes in this defense. This defense for um, Tampa Bay, I, particularly in the secondary. Where even talented guys such as Vernon Hargraves are playing so far off, they're not in a position to make a play, and then they're kind of almost making an open field tackle. They're so far away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think and also they're. Go ahead.
1: I was to say another thing is having another problem is kicking too. Kick. I, I believe they're. Uh, who's their field goal kicker? I, I believe he missed a couple of kicks last week too.
0: Well, they had the competition. It was Nick Folk is right there, kicker, right? And he beat out uh, Aguayo. Yeah, they cut Aguayo.
1: So they, you know, at the time of the draft last year, everybody laughed at him for wasting a second round pick on a kicker. And you know, who cares what he did at Florida State? He. Was awful last year, was awful in uh, preseason, and he got cut. So, you know, not only was it a bad, you know, a waste of a draft pick, you know, they they really have not solved the problem with field goal kicking.
0: Yeah. And kickoffs. Yeah. It's it's, uh, – again, um, I don't expect Nick Folk to miss in a big moment, but, you know, he missed an extra point, I believe, last week. And, and by the way, Minnesota with, with Case Keenum, who doesn't even deserve to be starting in this league, hardly deserves to be a backup, throttled this team early. I mean, I know Minnesota's got a good defense, and I know Stephon Diggs is really good, but, th- I mean, Tampa Bay was quite literally reeling right in the beginning. Right from the kickoff, this team was just... And I also know that playing in Minnesota is not easy. I mean, that's a big, loud stadium. Um, but it yeah. wasn't even close. <laughs> that, that game was over in the second quarter. The, the points started to add up at, in garbage time.
1: This is just a crazy – I mean, everybody like – I got kind of losing to what I just talked about before. You really can't go one week to the next in this first three, four weeks of the season because everybody – you know, who really looks great right now? You know, it just from one week to the next because after that Chicago game, you know, the Bucks looked like one of the best teams in the league and all of a sudden they kinda of laid an egg last week. You know, I guess the only team that's really been consistent has been kind of like the Giants, like consistently bad. <laughs> I hate to say it, yeah. but you know, when you know, Dallas, we we saw we saw something from Sports Illustrated saying they had the perfect offense after they played us, and then get the doors blown out of them in, in Denver the week after. And then come back and look good against Arizona. So, again, you know, it's really hard to, to read this league right now more than other seasons, I think, where, you know, until these teams get in a groove, we really don't know what they are. So, going back to the Bucks, you know, are they week one or are they week two? I, I really don't know right now. Well,
0: I mean, did anyone expect Chicago to be a real contender this year? I mean, they purged all of their notable talent. I mean, even their first round pick isn't playing right now. Um, did
1: anybody think that? after week three that the Jets would have more wins than the Giants? Well, no.
0: I mean now you're talking about <laughs> wins and losses. I just mean as a good roster, as a good team, as a competitive team. Did anyone think Chicago – like uh, is was defeating Chicago really making Tampa Bay look good or making Chicago look bad? I think after week one it was debatable. And now that you have more evidence – or sorry, week, week two. Um, after week three now, watching Aaron Rodgers and the Minnesota – I'm sorry, Case Keenum and the Minnesota Vikings – just absolutely demolished Tampa Bay. I think it's starting to look more like Chicago really sucks and Tampa Bay is sort of maybe middle of the road and they – or maybe maybe they're good and they just they were, haven't gotten there yet.
1: Yeah, they, they were pretty – they were – I think what you have to do is you still have to take into account what you, what you think all off season. You can't all of a sudden go in 180 based on the last thing you've of seen. And I think a lot of people do that. And a lot, and not just the fans. I think a lot of people in the media do that too. You know, that's why we always we call it Overreaction Monday. Yeah. You know, that first Monday after. I think the Bucks they did look dominating in the first half against Chicago. Where, yeah, Chicago may not be as bad as we think, and who knows? You know, after the Bucks, but they looked really good. That game was over at halftime. I and that's kind I of think, you think, well, maybe this team is for real. So
0: I don't see. I don't know. I don't think it's
1: they- hard it's really hard to blow anybody out in this league. I mean, yeah, that's the giants true. for is right now. The giants might be one of the five worst teams in the league at this moment, not as a organization or a roster or anything, but right now they may be one of the the worst five teams in the league. They've been in all three of these games. Sure. You know, you know, the Dallas game, you know, a phantom in pass interference, a game might change or something, but they were in that game. Sure. Yeah. The Detroit game, you know, they were, they were, they were in it. and even in, this Philly game, you know, guy hits a fucking 61 yard field goal.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and like it, it comes covered, down to a couple plays. Like we covered, two field goals instead of going for it on fourth down for the touchdown, and this game's over anyway. Um, right. So we're, mean, we're, we're, we're
1: identifying individual plays and, like, oh, if this happened or this happened, bad teams that get blown out, there's no if this happened or this happened. It's like your lines were blown out. You know, you. The, the quarterback did nothing. So it,
0: that's, but that's, that's why really, I, I take the time to actually watch as much of the game as I can and not just sort of watch highlights or just, you know, mm-hmm. the, the can't miss plays. You know, I, I know that, uh, Chicago was sort of a bumbling fumble the whole first half, but in all of that, Mike Glennon was completing passes left and right. I think his completion percentage in the first half was that first half was outrageous. They were driving the ball. They were just turning it over in the red zone. Now, your question then becomes, was Tampa Bay dominating on defense or was Chicago just sort of out of sorts? Um, and that question becomes – that, that picture is sort of blurry in week one and you start to see the more definition of these teams week to week. The picture becomes more and more clear. So now after you, you, you add that to the equation of Minnesota Vikings, Case Keenum looks like Aaron Rodgers – against this defense and now you're starting to see like oh maybe maybe chicago if they just had you know a receiver worth a shit or a quarterback that didn't suck (laughs) ass you know maybe they're in that game and i'm not saying that chicago is good like i said i just think that maybe that gap was you know i think i think again the problem with this tampa bay team is their defense and mike smith and his scheme and not utilizing the talent that's on this roster because it's – in my opinion, and I said this way back when in the season prediction, that this is a talented roster. I mean they've got Gerald McCoy on the line, Chris Baker, Robert Ayers, a former Giant, a former Bronco who is very good. Um, Noah Spence, a high draft pick. You know, mm-hmm. this is a talented defensive line. I mean the linebackers, Levante David is very good. Uh, TJ Ward is a great safety. Vernon Hargrave is a guy you know better than anybody. Uh, sure, Brent Grimes, and a, a Pro Bowl corner, I mean, this is a good roster. The defense is not playing well simply because he's not utilizing the strengths of these guys. I think they're just playing way too soft in coverage. They're allowing too much space. And guys like Stefan Diggs, who are already good, are becoming uncoverable. And now let's, not, not let, for nothing, so Odell let, Beckham is just as good as Stefan Diggs, if not better. I think that's an arguable one one way or another.
1: Well, let, now let's kind of project to the giant game now. As soft as they play on defense, knowing that this team really can't run the ball, what adjustments do you see them making? You know, it's not going to be something they're going to be dropping back and just uh, playing soft zones against, you know. They're going to try to completely shut the running game down, I think. So you might might see, you know, safeties creeping up further and, you know, crowding the box more than they normally would. And then force... Force Eli to you know, have more than that two-step or three-step drop and then quick throw. So
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. I do think that the strength of the defensive line is the middle, which I'd almost say thankfully because you know I'd rather have three guys trying to block two, three guys who can't block, trying to block two guys in the middle than the isolated tackles trying to deal with Von Miller on the outside. Instead, you have Noah Spence who's still a young guy in this league and Robert Ayers on the outside and uh Vernon uh Vernon Golston, William Golston, not Vernon Golston. He's the he's the bust, right? From a couple of years ago. Right, he's yeah. William Golston on the outside. Uh you know, those guys are not the big marquee guys. The big marquee guys are in the middle pushing the pocket and you know, normally that's fucking terrible, but at least you can you have strength against strength in a way, or not strength against complete weakness. If that makes you know, I'm I'm definitely scared mm-hmm. of Von Miller coming up in a couple of weeks. But uh, you know, uh, I'm not deathly scared of Robert Ayers against Eric Flowers or Justin Pugh or whoever's playing right tackle. I'm more scared of you know Gerald McCoy and Chris Baker in the middle. Uh, So, you know, the adjustment to stuffing the run, yeah, sure. But now I think Eli has a little bit more time. I think you're able to do that thing where they sort of move the pocket by having him roll out to the right, and sure that cuts half the field down, but it keeps him upright. You know, it it changes the playbook. I think there's. You know, I don't think Tampa is in a in a position to adjust their game plan to stop the run and then start dropping linemen into coverage to cover these soft zones. I just don't think they're in the position to do that because that's they don't play a three four defense where they have these athletic defensive ends. And I don't think I don't think Mike Smith is that talented of a defensive coordinator or that creative of a defensive coordinator where he can utilize these guys to do shit like that. If he is, I, I haven't know. seen it. So.
1: I get nervous every time Eli does that little rollout like you're talking about the buy time because it's, it's not his game. And he's not doesn't look comfortable doing it and I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of the chicken and the egg. What are we going to do about this? You know,
0: I do agree that I don't think the running game is going to get any easier this week and I don't think it's going to get any easier until next year and people are just going to have to just deal with that. I mean it's, it's unfortunate that that's where we are. I, I think the running game is one of the more exciting things to watch personally. Yeah. Um, we, I
1: think I think at this moment, until we see what uh, Gallman may or may not be, I think we have a collection of backups right now.
0: And, and based on Darqua and Varine not being not practicing on Wednesday, we might be seeing Wayne Gallman, you know, active for this game, and not just active but involved. So, yeah.
1: And and just trying to accept the fact that he may have some trouble pass blocking. Yeah. You know
0: that be be prepared. So that means you need
1: to you need to scheme up for that. You know, you need to give help.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, the 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 big thing I think that's that's better about a ru- rookie running back learning pass blocking versus a rookie say left tackle learning pass blocking is that he has the benefit of in the shotgun formation being standing standing right next to Eli Manning. Um mm-hmm. whereas a left tackle has, you know, his left guard and he better hope he gets the switch right or, you know, well, picks up the the blitz or, you know, something. Do you know what I'm saying? And
1: all, and all the running back has to do is just kind of get in the way. You know, it's That's not awesome. a question of it's not all the super technique and holding it for three, four seconds. It's get in the way. Chip the guy. Just do something to impede the guy, you know, coming at the quarterback. Give him that extra half a second. Left tackle has to you know, on every single play be on or else quarterback may be dead.
0: Yeah. So I, you know I I mean it's definitely something to focus on. I, I think the matchups to watch here is the the Giants secondary versus Jameis Winston. Like you said, he's a gunslinger. They're gonna have to be I don't think we have an interception that yet this year. Um, it's I think it's high time that this happens. Um, Did you not? Uh, I think also the the Giants' receivers, in particular, against the Tampa Bay secondary, but but more so the the short and intermediate routes against uh, the back seven of this Tampa Bay team, and also Donovan Smith, the left tackle for Tampa Bay, has had his struggles with. Pass rushers. So if Olivier Vernon plays, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But if he doesn't play, I'm pretty sure the next man up is going to be Romeo Okwara, who is you know, a guy who's fast off the edge. And that speed rush may play a lot into Jameis Winston throwing the ball away or just doing something stupid. So I think in my not, opinion, those are the matchups to watch.
1: Uh, One thing I'm going to be looking at is I like to look at stats and numbers is what is time possession after the first quarter? Uh, we, we talked a little earlier about uh, it might be some rain in the forecast, but it's going to be very hot and very humid down there. And if this offense can't generate first downs, if there's three and outs or, you know, defense is on the field a lot early and it gets worn down in the fourth quarter, we are going to have no shot. So they have to do something new. I'm not talking about 15 play, 95 yard, eight minute drives. I'm talking about, they got to get a first down or two and they got to, you know, try to balance out that time of possession because they've been getting destroyed in that. And when you're playing in very humid conditions and hot conditions down there, it's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah. And I think we saw that in Philly. I think it took too long for the offense to get into a rhythm and the defense, by the time they did the defense had already been gassed by the third quarter and they were just giving up chunks of yards. Uh, they're relaxing too much in coverage, getting beat, causing pass interference plays. It, it, yeah, you're right. That's definitely going to be something they watch in eighty percent humidity. Um, and eighty, yeah.
1: <laughs> one of the try uh, like ninety three, ninety four percent. It's it's brutal.
0: One of the uh, keys to this game really is um, to try and get a lead and force Winston to try and uh you know make Winston force the ball long. But really, I think the key and one of the things that they failed at last week is when you do get pr- pressure on the quarterback, do not let him extend plays. They've got to shut that shit down. And just like Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston is a big, strong guy with athletic ability, more so than Carson Wentz. Um, I think Carson Wentz is a little bit more accurate, but, you know, Jameis Winston is a lot better of a runner. uh, And there's no question about that. And he's, I would also say, more fearless as a runner, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's kind of more like a, you know, he's not a Donovan McNabb. He's more of a. Okay, I'm, I'm dating myself now. Dante Culpepper. Ooh. Type of guy where, <laughs> you know, not, you know, he's not a guy who's going to take off and hike, you know, and, and just run the ball for 10, 15 yards. Um, you know, not an Aaron Rodgers. Not Cam More Newton. of a, no, 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 not even the same universe for that. Uh, more of a, I don't know, kind of like does what he has to do to avoid pressure and, and you know, and, is a little mobile, but I would not call him, by any stretch, a a, a, a running quarterback. Correct. I think he was, I, I think when he was coming out of college, I think he was, you know, some of the media have kind of put that label on him a little more than it was deserved. Like, he's he's not a running quarterback. He's a, you know, I like think 100% of passing, uh, uh, a passing, uh, a a pocket quarterback, but not not what you think I was going to run.
0: All right, Mike, you got a prediction for this game? I, I unfortunately don't think we're going
1: to win this one either. I think for the reasons I said before, where I, until I'm proven that they can control a lot of scrimmage, I think that they'll be on the field too long. The defense, and I think it will wear down. Um, I think there's the opportunity, like I said, where there, there are turnovers out there that can be had. The question is how will we, you know, how many will we get and what do we produce off of them? you know, to, to create a, a shorter field for things. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm not very optimistic based on the running game and the fact that the defense can't get off the field. And I think in the Florida Heat, I think they'll wilt. I see us losing something 22-16 yeah, kind an ugly game.
0: I definitely think this is going to be an ugly game. I also think that this is not a win for us, unfortunately. And as the weeks go on, the matchups continue to get tough. So this might be a really bad start for the Giants this year. But, um, you know, I, I started to see some life out of this offense. So I ha- I'm i finally not a complete pessimist about it. Um, if they can continue to grow on the last two quarters of last week, they stand a good shot. Here. And I, I think it's just because the weaknesses I, of this team, you know, play into the strengths of the Giants. But
1: I also want to see something more of this offense as opposed to fourth quarter when it, they're down by something and the defense is maybe unconsciously backing off just a little bit. I, I need to see some of these elements that were successful in the fourth quarter in the first quarter and, and second quarter. Yeah. You know, I, that, that's, a, that's a big difference, you know, and. You know, to get excited, you—it's a little bit of fool's gold. Sometimes you see things like that, like a big comeback, or you know, oh, we started to see that maybe things are clicking. Yeah. Let's see it when you know, when the game is still, you know, realistic.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you.
1: And 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 winnable and winnable early.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's definitely something I, I I did take that performance in with a grain of salt. Uh, the the second half performance as opposed to the first half. Um, but like I said, there's, there is a glimmer of hope there. So if they can continue to build on that, then they stand a chance of winning. Unfortunately, I have not seen that yet this year, so I'm not going to bank on it. I think this is a loss. I think that it ends up being something like 24-13 Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah. And the question will be, what do we do from here if it is a loss? And that will be, that'll be the narrative. The narrative is going to be if we lose, you know, the season is over. You know, and you're going to hear calls for Reese's head and, and McAdoo's head. I would like, even if we end up 1-15, beating the Bucks, well, would be almost up there with beating with Dallas and, and Washington and Philly. So this is an important one for me. And if anybody who does listen to this podcast, and if anybody is still listening, you want to meet up with us before the game in, in Tampa, we'll be tailgating outside. So just, uh, you know, use send us Twitter. a, uh, use that Twitter. You know, yeah. it's, uh <laughs> Let us know what you think, and maybe we'll uh, we'll grab a beer with you. So yeah, uh, I will say
0: uh, I I know football pretty well, but I know my way around alcohol pretty well. I'm a I'm a I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Bucks fan, Giants we, fan, it doesn't matter to me. I will party,
1: and we and we'll be highbrowing it. We will be in the club level at Raymond James Stadium. So we have a
0: right, now, now, See now, there's a target on us.
1: We've actually scored some uh, you know 35 yard line club seats. So. Drump's gonna have a whole high weekend between our trip to Gainesville on Saturday and then the uh, the Gator uh, the Giant game on Sunday. So,
0: you know, this all ties together. Uh, you know, as we wrap this up, it's a college weekend for us, and I'm beginning to start tweeting about specific players that are going to be key to the Giants um, that I'm watching. Uh, not that I think are targets or anything like that; just guys that I'm watching that are on people's radar and how I see them fitting into the draft and the Giants roster. Uh, so. Again, we will be live at the Florida Gator game. We'll be watching the Gators and the uh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt Commodores uh, live. So I'll obviously be tweeting about them. Maybe something in the afternoon, uh, at, at nighttime, or the afternoon if I'm sober enough to pay attention. Um, so if you're interested <laughs> in that, if you're being an ultimate pessimist and you want to know how to fix this roster, I will be picking out guys week in week, week, uh, week in week out on Saturdays, and I will tweet about and- their abilities and how they fit in. And, and, and I will be I'm super sorry, fucking you, pissed off with the lack of a, what's that? I, I, and and you can follow all that obviously at, at football underscore grump on Twitter. Right. And if you want to follow a uh, another
1: miserable offense, more miserable than the giant offense, you can follow me at the cranky fan all day Saturday for our exploits and little before we get to Sunday and deal with the Giants. So that is at the cranky fan, and you can follow the show at Just Giants Pod on your uh, your Twitter machines.
0: Yeah, um, and of course, always uh, you know follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud so that you can get the episodes right away. Um, but again, if you if you choose not to do that, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and get all the episodes there. All right, guys, um, get ready for a long weekend of just Giants and the cranky fan. Go Giants!